Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener. I am John. Joining me, of course, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? You know the Mo is here. Hey, everybody. This is just a quick special presentation. We were sitting around talking about, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday is coming up here. And many times we have a backtrack focused around, you know, a very nostalgic topic or toy or whatever. But we're going to talk just a second about the experience Thanksgiving as it was when we were kids growing up Gen X. Of course, we talk about the things that are different, but... You know, I'll start it off. With this. I just remember my memories of it was big family, but it was extended family. You know, of course, we had mom, dad and my brothers or whatever, but everybody's third cousin and aunt and uncle would come over. And I would see people at Thanksgiving that I had to ask my mom, how am I related to that person? <laughs> 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 Who is he to me? He's my great, great third removed. What? Who is he? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I, don't, I had no idea, but we sat down and ate turkey together. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it was very kind of similar. Like it was almost 99% of the time I was at my grandmother's tiny, tiny apartment mm-hmm. with like 50 people in there. Mm. And <laughs> This is a Manhattan apartment with 50 people in yeah, it. That could have been tiny. more than like 2,000 square feet tops, if that. Oh, it wasn't even. 2,000 oh. square feet? Jesus Christ, that's bigger than the house I live in now. Yeah. There's How 50 big was people that in it, George. I'm like, it can't know, be 800 he, square he feet. Have been, it's a New York apartment that most <laughs> family could afford. It's not 2,000 square <laughs> feet. You're not stacked <laughs> like up three per work. chair. What are you talking about? <laughs> His last name isn't Rockefeller the last time I checked. <laughs> <laughs> but we got past the whole, how is this person related? It was like, uh-huh. if they were to same age they were cousins if they were older they were uncle and aunt there you go that was it that's it it didn't matter (laughs) what the actual relationship was it didn't matter it was just too many damn people in this small ass apartment i don't care who you are i want some turkey yep that's it (laughs) did you fight for the drumstick i was one of the drumstick and then i was sorry i got it because it was too damn big (laughs) okay so okay so my dad comes from uh alabama that's where he grew up you know he's born in alabama Uh so so very southern so they didn't fight over the drumstick they actually fought over the gizzards oh because my grandma Oh, wait, wait. You gotta, my grandmother put them in the gravy and boiled, like, mm-hmm. kept the gravy. Gives your gravy. So they're, oh, no. so they're super tender. Yeah. And my dad and my aunt Joanne we used to fight constantly. And then mm. she'd come in there, they'd be gone. My dad's like, and it was like watching them as little kids again because mm. she's like, go up there, start hitting them. And he's right. like, well, you weren't here. You can picture them as kids, right? You're saying like yeah, they're exactly. grown, but they're like, this has been going on for 40 damn years, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that same fight. What do you remember, George? Is it pretty much the same for you? or Yeah, well, I mean, my family didn't fight over the gizzards. I would say cornbread <laughs> was the staple that they would fight cornbread. over. If you're from the South, cornbread's going to be a staple, no, especially true. at Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But we didn't really, I won't say we did the traditional family thing because our mm. family was 
was all in Kentucky and none of them were traveling to Florida to spend Thanksgiving with us. And we Mm -hmm. rarely went to Kentucky for Thanksgiving. If we went to Kentucky, it was usually during the Christmas winter holidays. But what we did do very early on in my childhood was once my father owned the first grocery store that we had, Mm -hmm. he would have my mother cook all day long and provide a Thanksgiving meal for the neighborhood that the grocery store was in. Oh, that's very nice. I love that. I love that. That's really nice. We would, I would go in the morning and we would Mm -hmm. open the store, depending upon what age I was, it was either sweeping floors or filling the cooler. Eventually, you know, as I got older, I was running the place or running the register or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But then usually around like one or two o'clock in the afternoon, after all the other people in the neighborhood had been able to come in and buy the stuff they needed for their Thanksgiving dinners, you know, the Mm -hmm. last minute flour purchase or the Mm -hmm. gravy in the packet or whatever they needed, (laughs) uh, we would shut down. It would take us a about 30 minutes and he would set up a buffet over on one side of the store and then just start letting families (laughs) come in for the you know from the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. invited friends you know like people he hung out with and knew and stuff bar people (laughs) and whatnot pool hustlers and we would just have this thing all night long and then we would close probably around nine, nine o'clock. Wow, so you're still open for business that day? Go to bed and have to get up the next morning and open the store for regular right back, oh my God. Right back in. Yeah. That's, oh. Well, up until the cleanup part and getting back after it, that it's magnificent. I mean, while being just, you're becoming a great citizen of the community. It's, yeah. that's something that yeah, it doesn't I, happen as much anymore. You know, no. it's like, you don't see the public's opening up for buffet over Thanksgiving. No, you know? and I, I don't want to disparage what he did because I know why he did it. There was part of him that felt bad for the neighborhood and he wanted to give them because this was a very poor uh, impoverished, impoverished neighborhood. And he mm-hmm. wanted to help those families. He also kind of wanted a little bit of an ego boost as well because yeah. of all the people saying thank you and all like that. That well, was that's my okay father. Too. I mean, it's for a good reason. Though. You know, if you're doing good, that's okay. You've earned it. It's not like he got it yeah. for nothing. He actually no, did no, good no. and he got the kudos. So good for him. But I will say I kind of resented it a little bit because I didn't get the experience of yeah. just sitting with my it family. damaged your Thanksgiving. It did yeah. for me a little bit yeah, because it I was, that. I was like an afterthought. My process in the whole Thanksgiving dinner was make sure Aww. that the food is up on the buffet and filled in the trays and all like that. <laughs> I, when I got to eat was after everybody else and whatever scraps were left over. Oh, Now there are poor families who had it way worse off than I did. So it sounds like first world complaining, yeah. right? But for a Thanksgiving experience, it was a little sad. Yeah. When you're a little kid, I mean, that makes it, it's, it's different. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I care a lot about my mother, as you guys know. And so oh, I yeah. felt like her and I were, you know, just conscripted mm. to this service yeah. without our desire yeah. or decision to be a part you of it. You were suddenly working food service on a day when you yeah. normally would be off and enjoying hanging out with the family and doing stuff. And for us, it was, yes, we were serving. My mom loved when the little kids would come up and get food. My mother loved oh, yeah. that <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm sure she did. Yep. But it was as much in service to his ego as it was to <laughs> anything else. So... Yeah, not a not a great Thanksgiving, but I still do love the fact yeah. that even when I go back to that neighborhood today, people still remember those Thanksgiving and Christmas mm. parties that Dad would throw and ask me, "Are you coming back? Are you gonna?" That building is knocked down now. For the last grocery right. store oh, wow. that we right. had, I can still pull through that neighborhood, roll down my window, and somebody will say, "Hey, little Don, we gonna do something this Thanksgiving?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm gonna do something, just not here." 
<laughs> we never ran an open buffet, but one thing, you know, later <laughs> later in my childhood, when I was a teenager, maybe early adult, and after my dad had passed when I was young, we started bringing in, it's going to sound derogatory, we always called it bringing in strays. What it really meant mm. was oh, yeah. people who were alone for the holidays, people mm-hmm. that their family lived out of town or whatever, uh, even if we barely knew them, it wasn't like randos off the street, but you know, you knew such and such, didn't go home for the holidays, and we go, hey, we have there's only three people coming over for Thanksgiving, would you like to come? Would you like to come? So often half the table would be like myself and my mom, my grandmother, maybe an uncle, and then two or three people that are friends of friends that had no other people to be there. And you know that was that was something that uh, you know I learned from my mom, and we continue to do that in my adult life. And you know as I moved away and on, out on my own and have a family of my own, and we started inviting people that I knew or coworkers or something. And uh, it, that's that's probably it. Wasn't until then that I started learning, you know, getting something back out of out of Thanksgiving because it wasn't just us gorging ourselves. It was hey, bringing somebody into our home who can't go be with their family. And that was finally when I started getting more mm-hmm. out of it, I think. You know, for me, I, I hear you saying that. And I actually use a phrase to this day now that is very important to me. And I use it with my family and everything. And I know it's going to sound uh, kind of crass or cruel, but anytime my family or my wife or my kids or something talk about this person is a great friend or I, you know, I this person is awesome, but they're really close to me and everything. I'm just like, listen, they're not family unless they're coming over for Thanksgiving dinner. If they don't come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner, they don't count. And I use that to tell them, don't let your loyalties mm-hmm. be given away for no reason. Sure, right. You know, But it goes back to those days of, to me, Thanksgiving became almost territorial because of the way I grew up with it to where as I got older, I was very careful about who came over, who I was willing to sit at a table with for that holiday. Mm. Because there's your inner circle and then Mm -hmm. there's the core. There's the absolute tightest core that's not quite the inner circle. I got my family and a couple of friends and that's it. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, that's about it. Like I'm friendly with other people. There's a difference. They're not friends. Yeah, it was my grandmother, she would feed anybody though. Like yeah. mm-hmm. just any random person that would come over. I mean, she didn't care. If they were, you were hungry, she was going to feed you. That's all. Yeah, good mothers are like that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's something about that generation, like boomers and earlier, I think, especially the older boomers who who lived through, you know, the the the, the rebound of the Great yeah. Depression mm-hmm. and people had nothing and everyone was helping everybody. It was it was a it was a nation building exercise, a community building exercise. And even when there was abundance in the United States, I find that I hear stories about my grandmother and great grandmother who was like, oh, you know, somebody broke in the house and and she said, don't do this. Here, let me make you a meal. Sit down. What's the problem? And ended up making a friend out of somebody who's there to rob her. You know, you don't hear those kind of stories about <laughs> millennials anymore. Instead, they're like, I've been triggered, you know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as my mom, you know, we've had our house broken into two times. I And every time when she comes home and she saw the house broken into and there was like something microwaved on a styrofoam plate or something <laughs> oh, like that. Wow. And her first words are, but they were hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you're right, because they grew up poor and hungry themselves. There's a mentality. And so that's yep. a thing of love for them to feed somebody. That's a gesture of love. Yeah, it is. My, one yeah. of my favorite memories, though, is like the, I don't know what you call it, the after first round of eating coma. I guess is the right word. <laughs> you take a breather, unbutton your pants. Oh, yeah. But, well, actually, it's like, because the football game was always on. Like, mm, right. It was always on the TV okay. in the front. You go out there at certain times and it looked like a 
massacre happened because there'd be bodies laying everywhere. Because <laughs> yeah. there weren't enough armchair yeah, lazy boys for everybody to sit exactly. on, right? So right, everyone's just laying like on the floor. 30, 50 people in your little apartment, right? Yeah. It's only four chairs. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody's laying up on the credenza. <laughs> Somebody else is laying on the back of the couch like the car seat in the back. Moe's family originated planking on Thanksgiving Day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be like five people laying my grandmother's bed the short way because you could fit more people on it. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Stack them like sardines on the bed. <laughs> People were playing human Tetris just to find a place to lay down. It, you know, it was pre-video game. It was pre—well, some of it. Sometimes I'd finish eating and go play my Atari. But you know, early on, it was certainly—it <laughs> was certainly a different experience. But you know, even now, I want to—you know—from all of us here at Gen X, grown up listener, thank you so much for popping in for this bonus episode. You know, I, we all wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving holidays, however you choose to celebrate it. Uh, George, Mo, I hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving as well. Yes, yeah, sir. You thank too, you, man. Yep. Fourth listener, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. I don't think we had a name for this. I don't care. Just a, we almost called it something, a quick something. Quick take. I was like tape. backtrack shorts or quickies or no quickies. Probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> probably that, that was it. Join us for a quickie. <laughs> Backdoor quickies. Here we go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, welcome to the old pump and pray. <laughs> oh, this is all recorded. Great. Uh. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.